Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Ryan Staczynski, Gem Rate. Probably better to call this an interview. I get his Gem Rate uh, information. He, he sends out an email occasionally, and I'm on his list. Try to get everything if I can. And very interesting. I love what he's doing. Uh, he's giving it for free, so be sure to sign up. But again, thanks, sponsors Tops Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huxley Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Enjoy the time with Ryan, and I hope you do too. Are you a techie guy? Or what's your background? Finance for eight years on Wall Street. And then I moved into startups the last 10 years. As a part of that, I, I do a lot more technical work for a number of reasons, partially just to deal with data in a more scalable fashion, but also I've always wanted to build. I use sort of my combination of a data savvy background and technical skills to build. And so I've, I've overweighted a lot of the technical stuff the last five years or so. What's your educational background? I went to school at uh, Miami University in Ohio, did undergrad there, but that was a finance focus. With, we had these things called thematic sequence, which was, I focused on computer science, but it was like a very small portion of my work. And at the time, it was all software. It was all like downloading software to computer, and it wasn't that interesting to me. I got a lot more interested in tech when the web really surfaced as the focal point of development. So I got back into it in like 2008, 2009. For Gemrate, are you? Hello. So I love that. That's how I started. I think it's the greatest way to start because then you know what you don't know. And I was pretty fearless. It sounds like you are too. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's fun when you're building for a problem that you have yourself. You start off obviously very passionate about it, which is super important. And then I just try to translate what I'm interested in and what might be broadly interesting. And so that's where Gemrate emerged. I was getting tired of just like copying and pasting pop reports all over the place. And I just said, I need something that's a little bit more accessible, a little bit more flexible. So that's the impetus for building it in the fashion that I did. Did you need permissions? What's the arrangement there? <laughs> no arrangement. I, I did a lot of research on what it looks like to acquire that data. And because it's not really gated, the only one that has it gated is Beckett. And I, I actually held off Beckett for a while because of that. And once I heard through a number of sources that Beckett said their data was fair game, as long as you can make use of it, that's when I started to use the Beckett data. But PSA... SGC, I'll be making available soon too. Both of those sit publicly available. So it's there, but to answer your question, it's still pretty loose how that works. And so I am fluid. Do they perceive that it's a fair use thing? That, I that, think so. That, I mean, your defense, if they even attacked you, but to what extent are you making it commercially available? Because I'm just curious what your business model was. Yeah, right now I'm not monetizing it at all. There's a world where I could sell this data in sort of an API fashion and do B2B arrangements with a lot of the tooling. If I were to ever pursue that, I definitely would have to be on the same page with all these companies, though, just from a SLA standpoint, but also probably would have to be some sort of revenue share agreement in place. I haven't really pursued that because it's a little bit of a short-lived opportunity unless I actually go that route with them. And I'm still trying to figure out exactly how, how to time that and how to approach that. I think it would be beneficial. You, you think it's a short-lived opportunity because they're going to do it themselves or what? Yes, I think they could. I don't know if they'll do it to the degree that I want to, though. And so I think it's to their benefit to work with me. I think that is one of the things I'm going to try to make clear over the next six to 12 months. But yeah, I think it's hard for them to bring it to, to market in a way that could service a different use case. Third party evaluating the other third parties. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I want to work with them. And ultimately, I'm working with their data. It's also partially why I think it's important that at some point I bring proprietary data to the market. But for now, the value add is improving on what exists and then also making it a comprehensive experience. So you're not having to jump around and you can zoom out and see the whole world. So well, you're still doing counting stats more so than inferential stats. There's a little bit of inferential, but it's mainly just here's the top 10 or whatever. It's totally. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's more that could be done. Now, if this is your side gig, is this a hobby project or how you make a living? Yeah, it's full time. 
2020, I took a year off. Basically, I was doing a bunch of startup stuff, and I was just excited to try to launch something of my own. And I was actually working on a project in finance, and I got about halfway through the year, and then I just got caught up. It was actually pretty daunting, and I knew I was going to have to raise capital, and I was a little skeptical of that. And so I got distracted by cards in July of 2020, and I just haven't gone back to that project since. And because there's so much momentum in cards, I just thought that there was I could cut my teeth in this market, and sort of the barriers to entry were lower. And so I focused on. One, just like learning the ins and outs of all the different parts of the industry. So I spent about five months just like heads down trying to understand just what are the different pieces involved in buying, selling, who are the different players. And then in December of 2020, I decided to go all in on Gemrate. So it's been my 98% focus on all of 2021 and then into 2022 here. I don't make any money from it. So it's all bootstrapped right now. I love that. I love that. But at some point, are are people going to be interested in number one, hiring you or number two, buying your quote unquote company? It's a good question. I'm trying to envision Gemrate as an independent company and position it that way for as long as I need to. Or I'd like to build a, a B2C business off of this. So subscription business, not that different than what you with the market movers and the card letters of the world, but with an accessible price point. I'm definitely not doing it as a, a homework assignment and interview process to get into one of these companies. There's a lot of IP that I'm establishing here. It could be interesting. I definitely will entertain conversations in the sense that if it makes sense and it allows me to scale what I'm doing, then sure, I'll entertain conversations. But I definitely am also trying to build a sustainable revenue-backed business where this can be independent and trusted. Anything you're doing a patent? That's a good question. Nothing to this. Yes. Stuff I'm doing that hasn't been released yet is for sure patentable. But as far as what I'm doing as it relates to this aggregation of data, not necessarily, but right now I'm just presenting facts. But there's things I could do to extrapolate and present estimates around things that aren't published and stuff, or just scoring around supply and things like that as well, I think could be first to market and potentially like patentable. But right now, the short answer is no. But in the future, I'd like to think so. Yeah, in the early days, this goes back 40 more years. The the copyright and uh, the IP protections are not basically on listing things. There has to say some inferential, some editorial arrangement that's uh, particular to your skill or some ability. Otherwise, you're just, you can't get a copyright for a phone book or something. It's just, it, there has to be some editorial selection and, and like I say, inference. But I think you've got mm-hmm. something there. Are you growing by word of mouth or are you aggressively trying to increase your reach and your visibility? Yeah, all word of mouth right now. Uh, so my background in startups has been data, but primarily with the use of growing an audience. And so I was doing growth marketing and a lot of data-oriented tasks around that. I haven't tapped in any of that yet because I'm really focused on understanding where does Gemrate fit in the process of building the best collection you can or the most valuable collection you can. I really want to be very organic with that. So I've been like very methodical about taking my time and making sure like who are the different people that are discovering it? What's the context? How are they using the tool? Where do they go after they use the tool? You know, do they come back? And how frequently do they come back? I've been very particular about not trying to move too fast on that front. So very organic today, which has been great. The audience has been growing at a nice clip. Nothing that's going to draw the attention of VCs across the world, nor am I trying to do that. This is not necessarily built at, at all to be a venture-backed business. But yeah, all organic so far, which I'm excited about because at some point I'll start to do a lot of the stuff that I've learned over the years and try to put a little fuel on the fire. But for now, it's just... The fire, when I started my company, I didn't take a salary for two years. It was almost a blessing because if we'd had faster growth, uh, I would have been overwhelmed. So it, yeah. we had slow growth at first, and then we got the proverbial hockey stick for a great ride for a long time. Did you have a strong collecting background as a kid? Where'd this come from? You didn't just all of a sudden think, hey, sports cards are interesting. And actually it's probably all trading cards because you got Pokemon you're evaluating as well. Yeah, it's all trading cards that are on there today. Yeah, so I was a collector in one of these sort of typical, I'm 40. So my story is not that different than a lot of others in the sense that I collected in late 80s, early 90s. Where my story is different and diverges though, is I was a big fantasy football nut. Like back in 1990, my dad got me into it. I remember faxing and lineups and 
waiting for the newspaper the next day to look at the stats. And so I was big into stats pretty early. Cards scratched a little bit of that itch, but in the mid 90s, I got out of it. And then I was out of it for almost 15 years before 2010. I worked on a project with Tops through a branding agency that I worked in strategy at. And then I tucked it away again for seven or eight years. And my, my uncle passed away and he had given me probably the most important card of my collection was a 1973 Nolan Ryan he gave me when I was 12. And it had disappeared for many years. And my dad surfaced it about three years ago in my whole collection, which was not much of a collection other than that card. But that sort of really got me going again, as far as thinking about where does this world sit and what do I need to learn? And again, I sort of tabled it a little bit until 2020 and then all the momentum, I just couldn't fight it. I was hooked once I had a reason to dive back. Are you okay with us brainstorming about some of the things you're doing? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to. So, I mean, love other to. people might hear it. But it seems like you have, not like Liam Neeson, but you have a particular set of skills <laughs> that somebody, <laughs> that you know, if they want to copy what you're doing, first they've got to get the skills <laughs> and then mm-hmm. they've got to, I don't know, compete with you. But it, it's not fun to compete with somebody that's not having any revenue right now. But the future is that there will be more data like this available. And like I said, you're, you might be competing with the grading companies. On the other hand, having a third party doing it is better, I think, for them. And I, I hope my old company would see that because it's not that the numbers would be suspect, but it's just still better just to have somebody. And if you're just taking it straight from their historical, you're just scraping. Are you scraping or are they sending you stuff? Scraping. Yeah, scraping. Yeah. But I agree on that point that you just made too. I've thought about this a lot and I've already gotten the feedback from the grading companies to some degree of, hey, people don't visit our site, but that's less potential for them to submit. And I said, well, I think that's pretty short-sighted. I actually think what you want to do is you want to build a good ecosystem around your data and that will surface the hobby in a number of ways. And let's say everybody does this and the data nets out that no grading company is better than the other, but people will at least feel better about the decisions they're making because they'll have data behind it to drive it. And so I feel like net, it'll be a positive if this data exists. So I'd like to think that they'll want to work with me on that front, but yeah, that remains to be seen. I, I think people are pretty open to it, but because this is so new and I haven't been totally clear about the roadmap, I think there's rightfully so some skepticism about what that means. Again, it's, until you start... Uh trying to get some revenue, nobody's going to want to imitate you. But if you show them the way to do it, that's my point. But uh, yeah. I really believe that an educated customer, a customer with trust spends more money. So mm-hmm. if you're going to help with the trust and the education in this industry that can be complicated for people coming in, yeah, it ought to be all good for the whole industry. Um, okay. Are you extrapolating to get PSA's grading revenue? And does that include the final value fees or is that based on just the initial Submission fees. Just so extrapolating, yes. So I use some of their SEC filings to understand where they were at, where they left things off. They were publicly disclosing a lot of information up until you know January of 2021. Public. You're public, right? Yep. Yep. And then I could take little nuggets like they put out in December what their November mix looked like from a grading standpoint, the breakout between value, you know, premium services, all that different stuff. And I can understand like where the market has moved over the time period. And also they gave some bigger numbers as it relates to like what percentage of these things have been of, of of their mix in 2021. And so anyways, all extrapolation, but with pretty sound data points to help feed that story. At the end of the day, I've tried to be clear that it's an estimate that we came up with, but I think it's pretty ground. My point was it, it it would be conservative if it doesn't include the fact that if when a Hannes Wagner card gets graded, there, there's a final value override or any of these million dollar cards, they're not for 150 or 250, get them graded. The grading fee is based on the time, but then there's an additional. So is that included? Because otherwise these, not. these are conservative numbers. Mm-hmm. That, and that's what I wanted to go to market with, okay. something that okay. I thought would be more on the conservative well, side. Well, now that yep. you could justify that, it's beyond extrapolation to, to uh, you know, pontificate about how much more PSA is making when they grade these. Now, BGS would be easier, although they never have been public, but you can do the math easier because they have their structure. Yep. 
On the other hand, I don't think they're disclosing that to you, but it works out to about 30 bucks a card for PSA. That's right. Over the last year. Yep. And they were about a year and a half ago at $11 a card. So it shows the expansion of their business right. um, has been pretty massive. And again, it's an estimate, but I think it's... I agree. The man in the-